Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Junkie, recording as always at Olympus Games in Mesa, Arizona. On this episode, we have the co-creators of a new animated series called The Dragons of Melgor, Steve Romenko and Turner Van Wren. Fill me up with a bear full of monkeys as I hit the inboard. I me up cause I'm such a junkie Every day all I want is more So entertain me, entertain me right now So entertain me, entertain me right now Hey everyone, I am Shauna and I am joined here with a couple of my fellow junkies Introduce yourselves Alex And Haley And we are the Pop Culture Junkies we are joined by special guests on this episode, Stephen Romanko and Turner Van Ryn of 13th Generation Productions. Welcome, guys. Hey, how's it going? How are you? Good. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I know it's a little strange not seeing our faces, but I've seen your faces before. I saw you guys at Los Angeles Comic Con. Yeah, right on. That was, that was a lot of fun. So who are you guys? Why are you on our show? Like, what's up? Well, uh, you know, Turner and I are um, basically a production company, 13th generation, and we've been working together almost two decades now. Um, and <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, crazy siblings. Pretty much. <laughs> and and uh, we've been doing a lot. I mean, we both come from s- strong media backgrounds and. After I worked at Lucasfilm, I wanted to start my own production company. And Turner and I have done shorts and commercials and documentaries and a whole bunch of stuff. But right now, we're really in the market of developing television or streaming series uh, and feature films as well. And we really want to get that original material out. So you guys are producing a new TV show right now called The Dragons of Melgore. You call this show an animated science fiction adventure Mm. that is grounded in our flesh and blood world. So can you tell us a little more about that? Sure. Turner, go. Go? (laughs) Turner, you're in. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's pretty much exactly that. It's it's an animated series. The pilot's going to be about an hour and the rest of the episodes will be a half hour. What, 11 episodes? 11 episodes. And by being grounded in a flesh and blood sort of real world thing, what that means is mainly that that pertains to the characters. When we write something, when we write, write stuff, even if it's animated, we're, you know, we want the characters to be it sounds elementary, but, you know, relatable and actually have good character arcs mm-hmm. and be three dimensional. And so mainly the story is about loss and coping with loss and pain. And but that's couched behind, you know, adventure and hilarity and that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. all the characters experience that. And I think that's what makes it sort of grounded in flesh and blood. All right. For question. What came first? The, like the visual sort of like concept of it or the story? 
Oh, well, it it actually it's a visual. Yeah. It, it it actually it actually started like the Dragons of Melgore started oh god, long time six, ago. Six years ago? A while ago. Six six or six <laughs> years ago. Okay. And I have a friend, Kurt Yeager, who's an actor in LA, uh recently of oh uh, Lord, I can't, I can't remember a million TV shows. Uh, oh, yeah, no, recently great. of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah. Recently of the sci-fi show with Katie Sackhoff. Um, <laughs> another life, another life. Thank you very much. <laughs> and he introduced me to a friend. Uh, he was friends with Richard Hatch, who played the original Apollo mm-hmm. on Battlestar Galactica. So Richard and I had lunch, and I became friends with him. And I thought to myself in our discussions, I was like, why aren't all these actors from seventies and eighties TV getting more work? Cause they're yeah. really good actors. And we're like, we got to figure out stuff to do with all of these talented people. So we kind of came up with an idea for a feature film and showed it to Richard. And he bought in, he bought in all the way and really, really wanted to do it. And we started doing development on it. <laughs> and then lo and behold, Richard passed away mm. and we were stuck with, you know, what are we going to do with this? Because Richard was not only in his, his, he was one of the main characters in his own persona. He played himself. Yeah. Mm. Um, so just out of desperation, I, uh, tried to get in touch with Dirk Benedict because Richard had said, I'll get Dirk on board when time is right. Well, at the <laughs> time in the script, the, uh, it was a feature length script at the time. Richard Hatch travels to this animated world, Melgore, right? Yeah. Starts off in live action. He travels to this place, Melgore, and where it turns out his old buddy from the show, Dirk Benedict, is is already there. He's been living there for a long time. Yeah. And so we just had the idea, well, I thought, well, what do we do? We can either wrap all this up and walk away, which would suck, or I can find a way forward. And I thought, well, okay, well, why don't we just, we don't have Richard. We'll take Dirk and we'll put him in the lead and he'll play himself and he'll be the actor guy who mm-hmm. travels, you know, is disillusioned and travels to this other world. And then we'll just pick somebody else. So we, we figured, well, we'll get Katie Sackhoff on board and put her and it'll be Starbuck versus that, Starbuck. Yeah, that would be, Starbuck that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so funny. And so that's what we ended up writing and we send it to Dirk. Who lives in the middle of Montana. <laughs> nowhere. He lives on a lake in the middle of Montana. Yeah. And he's all like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. You guys are crazy. I don't know. <laughs> like, we had a long phone conversation with him. This guy who I grew up watching on TV, it was surreal. You know, he's talking. He's just this grumpy old man, kind of, you know, <laughs> but endearing. And he's just like, got all these stories. And he's like, I don't know, you guys. Yeah. And, but then he read the script and sent us back notes, like, instantly, you know? Yeah. So he was on board. And then after we had done a bunch of development, I was having dinner with somebody who makes decisions high up in in a, a media company. And she told me, she said, you know, this isn't a feature film. This is a series. You've got too much story here. Yeah. Mm. So, so we tore it apart and started making a series out of it. And lo and behold, that's that's what happened. So how long was um, it that she felt like they had to be cut into pieces? Um. <laughs> Funny, funny thing, you know, Turner and I, the way we write, we usually do a first draft that's kind of just vomiting on the page. You know, you got to get it out and get it real. Uh-huh. Oh, the um, stuff. And be like, 
for a feature, it'll be like, you know, 180 pages long or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then we do a pass to clean it up. But then often what we'll do is we'll take a third draft and we'll go, let's throw every idea that we possibly can in here and make a what we call our bloated draft. Yeah. And, and then from there, uh, we start folding it down and trying to get it into just feature length shape. We don't try to erase anything unless it's really dead in the water. Yeah, that's good because like you're getting into a story and you have these pieces and you like, you know, bubble it up and put everything together. Because I think at least to me, it could sound like there's these characters that need that kind of like development that you need to know more about to mm-hmm. really get the story. And I'm assuming that's what kind of is happening here. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely what what happened. And, and you know, Turner and I had a lot of thoughts about the way it looked as well. Well, I was, I was, so that's like the story side of it, right? Mm-hmm. And the script side of it. And visually, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I grew up like everybody else. I'm, I'm 45. So I grew up mm-hmm. in the 80s watching, you know, Saturday morning cartoons and yeah. everything. And I was never really a comic book guy. You know, I liked him as much as the next person, but I was not really my thing. I can't draw. I'm not overly in animation. I was always a movie guy like live action movie guy. So Steve got me into Star Trek, the animated series, uh, which is a great series. Cause I've always liked Star Trek, you know, but I'd never seen this. And it's a really great series because all the original voice actors are on it. Yeah. The writing's done by all the, most of the original uh, writers for the show. And I was watching one of them one day and I realized it was one, I don't know, there's like some giant living computer or something. Right. And they like are transported into the middle of this huge room that's like a quarter mile across or something. And there's like weird organic stalactites hanging down in front of camera and all this stuff. And they're just like little, you know, dots. And all of a sudden I realized, I started thinking, why, you know, they didn't do any of this on the original series, obviously, because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford it. And I started, I realized you can do anything you want with animation. It doesn't yeah. matter. You can write as big as you want. You don't have to worry if there's no limitations. You can do anything. It costs the same. So the, the kind of like the style of animation, is that similar to like the Star Trek animated series when it comes to that, like, the dragons? That's kind of what we started with. And then okay. it kind of it kind of uh, it evolved, evolved from, from there. there but that was the base. You know, we 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 talked to our various art directors over the last couple of years. And it kind of evolved because we felt that the filmation animation which is you know kind of kind of low frame rate mm-hmm. we felt that it was a little stodgy and that audiences today we could we could do better for them we were looking for a way to sort of like you know okay it's one thing to be really rigid about it, it has to look exactly like it's from 1974 mm-hmm. right and then there's being well that's the that's the inspiration we want to keep that vibe and that you know inspiration but you know, we have to make it, we have to update it because we want people to actually watch it too, you know? One of my favorite things about watching the first episode is how fantastical it is, but also that, like we mentioned before, it is grounded in a a character's journey with grief, you know, Dirk lost Richard 
it's just kind of, how do I deal with this? I mean, he's kind of disillusioned with the whole con society and how does he move forward with that? And I, I just, I think it's really interesting that you have such a human story, but also mixed with that Saturday morning cartoon feeling. And I remember that's what you guys said so much at con is like, we just want to bring it back to what those Saturday morning cartoons were like. And there wasn't a moment of that first episode that I was bored or I felt disconnected from these characters. The entire thing was just so endearing. Uh, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> second, second of all, um, you know, that's, that's part and parcel of taking, taking our experiences growing up and mm. understanding the, really the, the, the imagination and the beauty of being a kid. Yeah not having boundaries in terms of how you're supposed to think about creative things and stories. And then, you know, balancing that with the, the gravitas of being an adult, yeah. which is what we were striving for. We wanted both folks our age and younger people yeah, to, to, family thing. to look yeah. at it and go, yeah, yeah, we can, we can associate with this. You know but I, yeah, I always looked at it too of like um, when I was writing, I didn't really think about it until right this very moment overly mm -hmm. much, but that I'm looking all the writing is like through the, uh, through the lenses of an adult, like a full on adult with kids writing for a family audience type of thing. Not like a young person writing, writing older. So, and also a lot of it has to do with our experience in Hollywood, not feeling disillusioned and sort of, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, we putting that in there. A lot of our sly sort of wry funniness comes from always coming up against coming up against walls, which is everybody's experience in entertainment, you know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the the last feature that we tried to make was a few weeks out from being shot and our entire location burned down oh, in geez. the fires up here in Northern uh -huh. California, what, four or five years ago. And. It burned down and Turner calls me and he's like, Hey, I think our, I think our locations burned down. I was like, what? <laughs> All casual. And I looked it up and sure enough, they weren't just burned. They were, it was ash. Yeah. And we're like, well, uh, and then I put a new budget into the executive producer and they, they shelved the project. Man. So. Man. so that, that was actually, that's kind of uh, my question is, you know, you talk about this has been kind of in development for like the last six years. I know like for me not being, you know, in the industry, quote unquote, when I hear something is in development, I have no idea what that means. So like, oh. where are you guys at right now as sure. far as it being in development? Sure. Um, so, well, we, we, we are, right now trying to sell this whole thing to a production company and a production company that's got ties to whatever streaming service they have ties to. And, and we're going to continue to pitch it to those companies. And when we're talking about development, like we have developed it to a point where we have a pitch and that pitch, as you all took a look at it at the con and mm -hmm. what we sent you, has video and, and also documentation and story and lots of character sketches and stuff. Yeah. And all of that probably will get redone when it, when it gets picked up because it has to get retooled. We're hiring new artists. 
all of that stuff. So, you know, development is it's a, you're right. It's a really nebulous term. Well, it's like you can you can write two pages and say I'm in development. <laughs> on something. It's kind of it's kind of a euphemism I've come to realize for pushing a project as far as you can with no money. <laughs> And then when you get to the end of that, you push it as far as you possibly can. Got it. Okay, so my body is currently in development. <laughs> my, yes, fitness, right. my fitness is in development. All of my goals are in yes. development. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, you know, that's essentially what it means. And then you're building a thing that you can, again, like Steve said, some things are going to, many things are going to get redone. Probably most of it, wow. right? Like the art stuff. But that doesn't matter because you've sold it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. You're making money in some capacity and you get to make it, you know, which is the fun part. And it's all just to get to that point. After that, it's all great. I like to say on here a lot like uh, ideas and like how people need to take their ideas more seriously. Yeah. And I think, you know, what you guys are doing, you know, Stephen Turner, like being able to create an idea, put it together and, you know, create a process out of it so that it can, you know, come to life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. be shared with everyone. That's awesome. Yeah, I we we really enjoy the process. There's times where you you kind of just look at each other because Turner and I meet a few times a week. We put quite some hours in, and there's definitely times where we're looking at each other in the office and the in the studio office, and we're just like, "What are we doing here today?" <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Why we have like a back burner of like you know script ideas and things like that that are all you know in development and. So we try to work on we try to work on something every week because mm. the way we look at it is that it's band practice. It's band practice. Yeah. You just keep doing it until something something gives. What are the next steps then for Dragons of Melgore? Like where do you where are you pitching this to? What where do you see this going? That's a great question. Um I am currently pitching. I pitched last year. Uh, at the Auto International Animation Festival. And I'll be pitching in Miami in July. Uh, and then I'm going to go back to Ottawa. A lot of the feedback that we've got has been, um, we're not quite ready for this. We really love it. And that it's difficult for them to wrap their heads around an original idea that's not attached to a comic book or a toy. Mm, yeah. Or, you know, and and that's... That's fine. That's the game. And and we're just going to keep... I, I've, I've already said this, that Turner and I are going to keep pressing this thing and keep pressing and pressing everything else that we're doing until it breaks through. I mean, we're currently... You know, we've developed uh, the Dragons of Melgore up, on, you know, as far as it can go before we get money behind it. And we've locked in actors and we've done... We're farther along than a lot of people nice. who get greenlit. So we're aiming to do another show that's just skewed a hair younger. And we're working on it right now. We should have a pilot ready. Oh, probably in another two or three months. Awesome. Uh, it's called Starlight Movers. Okay. Tell us about Starlight Movers. Yeah. So Starlight Movers is uh, an idea that our friend Brian Hess came up with. He's our art director. So resident, resident art director. Resident. Good drawer guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he's an animator. And, and you can find him at Hestoons.com. He's got a lot of comic book sales. And he goes to cons and is always at always at artist tables. Um, and he had an idea uh, with another friend of ours uh, about this story. of Basically, it's like 
Firefly with kitties. Oh, wow. <laughs> kitties, like meow meows? Right, right. Okay. So, so a he, had a, he had a couple of stories outlined, and, you know, he, he knows Turner and I are screenwriters as well, and he said, hey, can you guys take a stab at this? Because we really want to do it. I've got a comic book deal for it already. Wow. So we started, we wrote a pilot for it. We wrote all the episodes and we've got some really great characters and it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's funnier. It's, it's more funny. happy-go-lucky. It's more. Yeah. There's not, it's it, not as heavy. Yeah. You know how it's like the empire strikes back can be kind of heavy yeah. and return of the Jedi isn't. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The kitties <laughs> return. Yes. What, hey, we're being derivative? Is that what you're saying? No, we're not being derivative. <laughs> Everything is derivative if you think long enough about it. That's true. <laughs> derivative, it's fine. <laughs> I'm okay with being derivative as long as somebody buys it. I don't care. Totally Please give me money to some, be derivative. Some of my favorite things are absolutely derivative of my other <laughs> oh, of favorite course. things, so it's okay. Okay, so speaking of being derivative, um, I noticed there's a lot of Battlestar Galactica influence in, <laughs> like, like even the font, like the the 13th generation <laughs> productions. I was, and I'm like, I love it. Like, so say we all. I'm so down with that. Um, but is that and and then obviously, you know, you've like your whole idea with Dirk and everything is all about Battlestar. Was that like, was that like your show? Was that like the main? Uh, that was kind of my show when I was a kid. I'll say that. I I was I was when I was on I didn't see it in its initial run because I was only one. I did because I'm old. <laughs> but I I well, I'm old too now. We don't know? out our ages here in Pop Culture Junkie <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> and, but I, I think I saw it in like I don't know it was on like the local you know Channel Eleven K you know KOMO Channel Four or whatever like when I was a kid like on Sunday afternoons or something you know in like 1983 or something <laughs> and. Like I was fully into that show, like all the way, man. That's awesome. The uh, the 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 Battlestar Galactica connection for me is I was there when it was you know premiered on ABC. Oh, I was wow. fully into that as a as a two hour. It was a two hour movie on yeah. on ABC. It was awesome. I looked good. The whole show is pretty darn good actually. Yeah. And you know, I really got Turner and I watched a lot of them over and over and over again, trying to pull like what we could from it. Cause we really love the show and we love how big it is. Yeah. Um, and with the money. They have. Right. And the only thing, the only thing that show suffers from is being on network TV in 1978. <laughs> right. No fault of their own. <laughs> no, no, the characters, it's kind of, I think, you know, you mentioned the Melgor being kind of you know, grounded in real life and everything. And yeah. it's like, which is, you know, for us an important writer thing, but also I think I think I learned all that. I don't, you know, I didn't think about it till my adult life, but I think I absorbed all that stuff from watching good TV and stuff mm -hmm, when I was right. a kid. <clears throat> watching stuff like Battlestar Galactica, where yeah, it suffers from being network on network TV because they don't have a lot of money, <laughs> but and they recycle the same effect shots over and over and over and over. <laughs> I mean, again. my favorite TV show of all time is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that is okay. That's all right. UPN forty five. And well, it's, kind of the, it's kind of the same thing. The writing's good. You're responding to the good writing. You know, maybe you don't think about it at the time. And now I look back right. and I'm like, ooh, that effect doesn't really stand the test of time. But I don't care. No. Because no. the story is there and the characters are there. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, you absorb all yep. that. You know, TV's good for you. Yeah. You know what I like about animation is that it can last forever. Like you can always make new like 
store like new shows, new stories, write new scripts. Like The Simpsons. Yeah. Because yeah, they never age. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. yeah. These you know, because you're talking about like actors and like getting like voices for these people. You know, those voices can still exist throughout time. Yeah. That's a good point, actually. Hmm. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, timeless. I, in that that, and that's that's another reason, you know, we <laughs> almost everyone on the production is old. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not that old. <laughs> so over 30 uh, is what we're considering old now. <laughs> <laughs> so but but we're all like, yeah, doing voice work would be great. All, okay. we, all, all we have to do is sit around and have fun, <laughs> you know. That's the dream. Why do you think we do a podcast? No one has to look right, at us. Right. We don't even have to put on pants. Right. None of us are wearing pants right now. You want to that public. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So tell us a little <laughs> bit more about, about the crew behind the production. Like, so you guys, are you guys the lead write? Like, are you two writing it completely? Y- yes. Um, the, the entire... The, pi- the pilot or the whole series? Well, the pilot the pilot is Turner and I, and Turner and I have outlined the entire series. We've not written every script for the entire series. No, yeah. because outlined. all that's going to go into a writer's room and we'll hire writers. And um, Frankly, I don't want to write every single. I would like to bring other people on and, you know, if it's a series, have it be different directors, different writers, too. It's all within the vein and we're the executive producers, but... You know, I want other people's perspective. Yeah. yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Right. You know, I never thought of that. Like, depending on what network you, you know, picks up the show, how much the show can actually change. Do you, oh, are yeah. You, like, afraid you'll, of you'll that? see pilots from back in the day on TV that are, like, totally different from mm-hmm. the show, like, in season two or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at prime example of Star Trek. Prime example yeah, of Star, Star Trek. Trek's a different actor in the pilot. You know? oh, wow. The entire look is different. Different. Yep. Yeah. More 50s. Is that scary to you to think about handing over like this thing that has been your baby for like six years and potentially having someone come in and be like eraser and changing things? No, I, I think that, I think that as long as, and this is the thing is like, you know, we're in a position where we can say no, cause we're already poor. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we, haven't, we haven't put all our eggs. We're too old to hustle. Is the other thing. Like people are always like, "Well, you show you guys should do commercials. You should do this or that." And I'm like, "That's a hustle, man. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. That's another fifty hour a week job. Yeah, I'm not yeah. into that. I have a job. I have two kids. You know, like I, if I'm going to do something, it's got to be for decent money on my terms. Otherwise, I'm walking away. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't have all my eggs in this basket. Mm-hmm. I'll be sad, but like, it won't end my world. 
the vision that we have is malleable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as a, you know, I'm going to be the showrunner on this film because I am the showrunner on this film. And whatever happens is not going to be less than the vision that we have. It might be a little different because we've be got different. other people involved and that's good. That's good. It, ultimately, that's a good thing. But you know that you set that starting off point and you have the solid foundation of what it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like that that fear that you're talking about, like, does it scare us to, you know, turn over this thing you've been working on where you get, you know, so locked into sort of a vision of a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yes, the short answer is yes, it scares me. But also that's filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not scared. You're not doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the good thing about it, it it becomes something bigger than just, you know, where it started. You know, you're sharing this with other people and, you know. Exactly. Yeah. They have, they have all, everybody who will work on it. I was just talking, I, I work at a film school downtown here in San Francisco. And I was just talking to a prospective student and another mm-hmm. teacher about this today, that when I do a thing, I want, and I like it. It makes fun for me when people feel a collective ownership of what they're doing, what they're working on. Everybody from the dolly grip and the caterer on through whomever, it doesn't matter because it's all an important job and you're all contributing to this. It's a team sport, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's like uh, Elizabeth Olsen recently. She, she came, you know, in some interview, she was saying, I hate when people talk down about comic book movies, Yeah, not being Mm -hmm. authentic movies because it discredits the crew so and all the hard yeah. work People that go goes into that. into that. And I think animation, same thing could be said, you know, about Absolutely. animation is it's easy to kind of cast it off and be like, oh, that's easy. You know, you're sitting in a booth and recording voices, but like <laughs> all the crew and all the hard work and yeah. everything that goes hours into of drawing yeah. and animating and rendering things. Yeah. If there's one thing I've learned about, because again, I came from a live action world. That's always been my thing growing up, you know, and I can't draw. So mm-hmm. there's one thing I've learned about pre-producing an animated thing. Man, yeah, it is not just a it's a lot of work. Tedious. Lots of work. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's a lot more nitpicky choices on yeah. everything. It's like as a director, if I'm directing live action, I, you know, I can be like I don't want the camera there, I want it here and I can yeah. just grab the camera and put it where I want it, you know what I mean? Or I can be like, "Hey, somebody get me a chair for the set or, you know, a potted plant." Well, what's it supposed to I don't care, it doesn't matter. I just need a chair, you know, or whatever. <laughs> Whereas if in the animation world, they're like, all right, what's it look like? I don't know. It's a, you know, it's a chair. And then you, and then you get 25 choices yeah, of a and chair. You get, yeah, yeah, five, 10 choices. <laughs> and you got to pick one. And then like, you know, for every single thing, you know, I have to, as the director, like I have to decide. And it's a lot. After a while, you're just like, I don't know that one. That one's You know, like it's fine. It's a thing. You know, it's a thing that's in a frame for a second. You know, <laughs> whatever. Like, yeah. And you're trying to make choices that make sense, but sometimes Oh yeah, you're just after a while. You're sometimes just like, you're just pointing. Yeah, that, 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 that. <laughs> just Let's finish go, the work. Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does that like come into like when you're choosing your animators? Like when because <laughs> I'm imagining that kind of conversation happening. Like you trying to tell like, you know, somebody, you know, this is exactly how I imagine it. How how often is it like a hundred percent? Or well, the 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 process starts with people who are doing your design work. Mm-hmm. And we have to make sure that we talk about the characters and we talk about all the props and we talk about all the backdrops and the locations. And that's, that's one set of tasks Mm -hmm. is to get all of that 
designed. And then, then you have the artists who take those designs and turn them into the puppets right. that get animated. And then you have to make choices. Which is a whole other skill. Right. Does this puppet look right? Yeah. Do you know, does it move correctly? Right. Do we need more movement on this part or that part? Right. You know, and, and we have to make those choices that these other set of skilled artists give right. give to us. It's like it's like when you make a movie, you don't have to when you make a regular movie, you know, you don't have to when you're making the French connection, say, right? You can go out in the streets of New York with a camera and you can shoot a bunch of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Or go down on the subway and shoot a bunch of stuff without permits a lot of the time. You, if you're making Star Wars, just to you know use another example, a 70s mm-hmm. movie, and you're going to make these special effects, you have to first make the factory that makes the special effects. You know what I mean? And that eats up two-thirds of your budget yeah. right there. You know, But at the end, you have a working machine. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of Star Wars, I got I got to call it back because I know <laughs> we had an oh, early, early oh. mention about working at Lucasfilm. That's and I, yeah, I'm like, dying to know more about <laughs> that. Dropped that. Everybody dies to know. Yeah, no, as they should. It's uh, so. So I I worked at Skywalker Sound from 1990. He's a, he's a sound guy. I'm a sound guy. I'm a sound nice. designer by cool. trade. And I worked up at Skywalker Sound from 1997 to early 2002. Greatest, greatest doctorate in filmmaking anybody mm-hmm. could ever have. Who'd you meet up there? And like directors. Well, I'm saying it wasn't just the it wasn't just the greatest sound people. Like working with Ben Burt and Gary Rydstrom and Gary Rizzo and all of these people who are multi Oscar winning yeah. artists in their own fields. Yeah. But then every film that comes through. You sit and work with the director. You sit and work with the actors when they're doing uh, dialogue replacement. You sit and work with the writers. You sit and work with producers. And it's this great team effort in post-production. And, you know, working on everything. I've worked on uh, I worked on two Star Wars movies, which was awesome. Um, <laughs> and I worked on Saving Private Ryan. I worked on, Ryan. I worked on Titanic. I worked, you know, I, I've worked on a lot of films. I I worked on Mimic 2, which went straight to video. <laughs> yes. Steve, Steve I love Mimic, Mimic 2. Two. <laughs> no, you're the radio in what, the game? Oh, uh, yeah. I've worked on three David Fincher movies. Nice. And on the, yeah, in the game, you know, one day we we needed a voice for the radio when he's getting driven back from Mexico. And I did radio. And they're like, hey, Steve, you did radio, right? He's like, yeah. Do you think you do this? I was like, sure. Sure. And I just do it. And it's in there. Or, you know, or you or you go about we're going to do a day of keyboard typing for the movie Contact. (laughs) So I type for six hours and we record it all and it gets cut into the movie. (laughs) That's why typing you guys. (laughs) That's me. That's me. Right. And well, and and that that perspective, like that perspective from a sound design arena gives me a lot of insight into how I want my work to appear. Yeah. Yeah, also, can I say something real quick? You, I, I've been to Skywalker Sound a couple times after Steve worked there, but we mixed my. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have Gary Rizzo, who's you know an Oscar-winning you know film mixer, uh, mix my thesis film from film school, and I w- wow. we were up there for like what a week, two yeah. weeks, a week, a week. 
And nobody was there. It was in the off season. But like, you know, I saw a couple people and like it has this real relaxed atmosphere. So I can only imagine if you work there on these big movies, these people come in, but they're, you know, you're deep in the process yeah. of filmmaking. You're in post-production and it's like sort of the barriers. And you're in the woods in Northern California. You're not in L.A. <laughs> you know, the barriers, the barriers are gone. gone. They're gone. So if you pay attention and keep your ears open. You learn. You learn a lot of stuff. Yeah, it was it was a great experience. It was That's an awesome so cool. experience. I was I was incredibly fortunate to be up there for that long. That is awesome. You talked to Francis. You talked to Francis. Yeah, I got to talk to Francis Coppola. That's Jesus. crazy. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you though. Like like I've I, I I've been in the entertainment industry thirty years now, and it's. I'm I'm just about far beyond being starstruck because <laughs> they're just folks, you know, actors are just folks. Directors are just folks, uh, except for two times. <laughs> oh, one gosh. is <laughs> one is I worked on. I worked on uh, The Legend of Bagger Vance um, and Robert Redford directed it yeah. and. Robert Redford sitting and having lunch with Robert Redford <laughs> is kind of weird. Just and a little I bit. Had a, it's, it's just weird. And I had a fossil watch on and he had the same watch. And he goes, hey, we got the same watch. And I was like, shit, I got the same watch as Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's cool. It was the yeah. second time. Yeah. And, well, the second time, and this is when I was a younger person. Uh, I was at a Star Trek convention where I grew up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Yes, uh, <laughs> see, everybody, <laughs> everybody said that. Scranton, yeah. Everybody said, and you know what? I've never watched an episode of The Office. <laughs> you would probably be well, like, "This isn't show. Scranton at all." <laughs> it's not my probably Scranton. not. I honestly, I have, I'm totally ignorant on the subject. Oh, it's a funny show. <laughs> anyway, but I was, I was at a Star Trek convention there, and I walked around the corner of one of the hallways. I think it was in the Catholic Youth Center in. Scranton, PA. And I I walked around the corner and I walked smack dab into Leonard Nimoy's chest. Oh, oh man. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> yeah. And this is how old were you? This you said is you were 1990. Oh, man. This is 1990. So, you know, I mean, he, he was still a younger he's, man. He's yeah. a famous guy. <laughs> a younger, super old guy. A younger, super old guy. <laughs> Much like we are now. Uh, so, so I, you know, and it was like right in front of a Coke machine and <laughs> he was patting his pockets and he said, I, I do not have any change. <laughs> Tell me <laughs> you gave Leonard Nimoy some change for a Coca-Cola. Oh, I gave him 50 cents for a Coke. Absolutely. I spent five minutes talking to Leonard Nimoy. That was oh, fun. That was incredible. Look at that. This That's is a cool. shout out to all of our fans. Just loiter around Coke machines <laughs> at Comic-Con. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I come from, you know, the original Star Trek conventions and I... I have loved and embraced all the con nerdity there is because I am, I am a nerd. Turner's a nerd too. We're all nerds. Yeah. You're amongst. Yeah. We, we figured when, you know, we talked about Battlestar Galactica, we're all, we're all nerds here. You're amongst friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we're the pop culture junkie podcast. We would be remiss if we didn't talk to you guys about some pop culture. We want to know what you grew up on. Yeah, not just TV, but movies, music. What was like the pop yeah, culture? Yeah, what you shapes absorbed? you? Well, Steve saw, he saw the first airplane. 
Shut up. <laughs> Surely you must be joking. What were the what were the steamboat days like? <laughs> what was Tom Sawyer like? Um, oh, the actual I, first airplane, yeah, the Wright brothers. <laughs> I I I have always been a TV junkie. I grew up a TV junkie, and I used to go to the movies every weekend with my mom. God, I I I I loved Saturday morning cartoons. I was really highly influenced by Star Trek. It blew my mind when I was a kid. And then I got to see the motion picture and started all of that. And I was the original, you know, I'm, I'm of the original Star Wars generation where I was eight going on nine when that movie came out. And I went to see it, begged my parents to see it for weeks because I would see the TV ads and see it in the paper and, and, I sat down and the Pony, Express would, the Pony Express would deliver the mail. <laughs> um, a carrier pigeon dropped off. <laughs> and when that and when that star destroyer goes over your head, yeah, it it's it's life changing. It's life changing. You you're just like I somewhere in the back of my brain I was like, I have to do this. You just yeah. blew my mind. I'm just imagining sitting there in a the movie theater and watching the ship just go over your head. Imagine that for the first time oh, in history. Man, that's stereo. an experience. In yeah. stereo. That's awesome. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah, blew my mind. Are you guys fans of the new Star Wars films? Which, which, which one? one? Ooh, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess the sequels, the TV shows on Disney Plus. How are we feeling about all I this? I really like The Mandalorian. I, I think that... Um, I think that show's really rad. Yeah. I also like the Mandalorian. Uh, Mandalorian. Producer? Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, John Favreau. Yeah. Anything that John Favreau has his hands on right now, it's I trust. That's yeah. He's, yeah. he's got it down. Those are facts. Um, I am not a huge fan of J.J. Abrams. Mm. I, okay. I, this is a, this is for public consumption now. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to hear this. A, Choose your words carefully. I'm a small, petty man with small, petty hatreds. And, <laughs> Welcome to the Pop Culture Junkie Podcast. But I'm sure J.J. Abrams is a really nice person and a nice man (laughs) and a wonderful human being. Having said that, I'm not a huge fan of the new new Star Wars movies. The tentpole. I kind of feel like J.J. Abrams, his whole career has been setting up things that can't deliver. Yeah. So whether it was like Alias or Lost or the new Star Wars movies, Ouch. it's like, here's a great premise and we're going to start off real strong and then wow, we're just going I thought to... he was a nice guy. <laughs> you told me. Haley <laughs> just insulted his family. Abrams. He doesn't care if I live or die. You guys, I'm not in the industry. So. He's actually <laughs> on the show next week. <laughs> so J.J. Abrams... I, 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 he he, I mean, produced, directed the Star Trek films as well, right? Like, didn't the and, newer ones? And I gave I gave him a good pass. I gave him a good okay. pass on the first Star Trek film. I I enjoyed okay. the first Star Trek, yeah. right? Because he's good at starting things. So the first one was right. pretty okay. Because yeah. you said like Lost yeah. in the shows, and I know that those are really popular and people love. He's it. not a strong they, finisher, right? That he he <laughs> he. <laughs> Sorry, he he goes into things half cocked. You know what I mean? (laughs) And he just doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like lost. I mean, 
granted, he produced it. He didn't, like, write the whole thing. But he even admitted, like, they didn't know the end from the beginning. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, same. Yeah, lost. Yeah, totally. That just sucks. I'm sorry. About that. <laughs> it totally did. God, I have so many friends who keep trying to convince me, you have to start lost. I'm like, me too. Why would no. I do no, that? I- I saw someone. I saw someone. How many on, uh, seasons is it? Yeah, right. There's like fifteen seasons. No, okay. There's yeah. like six, but still, <laughs> it's six too. It's like four too many. But the thing, <laughs> the though, only thing you will be after watching Lost is older. Yes, yeah, it's a little. You mean and lost. lost and still yeah, lost. lost? I I saw someone trying to convince, like in a comment section just the other day, trying to convince people that instead of making this season of Stranger Things, they should have. Rebooted Lost. Oh my God! <laughs> well, you know what? I, here's and and here's the thing. Like like I'm Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha! In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I, I hate, I hate when people outside of the industry go, ah, these shows suck. And then I also shit on some shows sorry for the curse <laughs> oh but, we hate curse we words here <laughs> no you're fine but that doesn't but that doesn't take anything away it takes nothing away from the people who are working yeah, super yeah, hard yeah, on exactly. it mm-hmm. because you know sure. i know that i know that you can have a great cast mm-hmm. you can have a great premise if networks or production companies mm-hmm. come in and go well, we got to rewrite all this or this isn't working or we're cutting your budgets. That kills a lot of what happens when it goes into a TV show yeah. uh, or a movie for that matter. Yeah. You know, the problem with the new Star Wars movies, it's not necessarily J.J. Abrams, is that the scripts are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the writing is bad. There's you know? just and useless like characters. Yeah. Writing. Yeah. If you don't, if it's not a good story with good characters that you, you know, give a rat's ass about, then. Why would you bother throwing $200 million at Yeah, it? Yeah. And aside from, I mean, everything that happened where, you know, they set up Finn to have this. I was just thinking about Finn. Yeah, this oh, amazing that. plot. And then, yeah, completely just cast Didn't that know what to do with him in yeah. the slightest. Well, and, 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 and then, didn't do anything with him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, and then the, you know, I look at it this way, though. Like, especially with the Star Wars TV shows. One, they're Star Wars TV shows. And I look at it. I look at Star Wars at... Like I look at James Bond films at this point, yeah, where they're going to come out, they're going to be mediocre to good, you know, and you're going to go see them, yeah. Um, just like a James Bond movie. See, that was a harder pill for me to swallow because you say you were a Star Wars kid when you grew up, Steve, yeah. right? But yeah, I was like, I was, I grew up in the eighties. I'm, I'm a little old. I'm younger than you, and I grew up in the eighties when it was like. I was full on, so like, you know, straight up, and like, you know, I was born in 1977, and like the first movie I remember in my unconscious sort of scene was Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Oh, See, the first movie and I like, remember is The Jungle Book, and like it was, Aww. you know, a lot, you know, and so it like pervaded, you know, and I grew up on uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's 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 my jam. That's awesome. Like big time. It is and, funny seeing these movies kind of get 
I mean, for lack of better terms, kind of milking the cash cow, right? Like I saw a preview for the latest Mission Impossible movie last night. Uh-huh. Uh, you could not pay me to tell you what the last Mission Impossible movie was no, about. Yeah, I have no, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> well, another, I mean, like, you know, it, it really depends. Like popcorn yeah. movies have always existed. Yep, they're right? always popcorn yeah, movies, for sure. Right. And, and, you know, there's more movies now movie filmmaking is more prolific than it's ever been. You get more movies. So there's going to be the gamut of movies that are kind of bad. Yeah. yeah. Movies that are horrible and then movies that are really good. And, and it's always taste. Um, look, the new Jurassic Park's coming out. Yeah. Ooh. Turner's not going to see it. He hates no, those things. Yeah, It's so you know funny. I, I w- love dinosaurs and I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't care about that at all if they weren't bringing back like the originals. But I thought, there's probably a lot of people just like me that are like, I'm only going to go see it because like I want to see Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, right. But how smart is that of them to yeah. be like, OK, well, the last one, you know, like people are probably sure, burned out. So we got to mix it up. Yeah. And, but, I, you know, to to your point of like popcorn movies and stuff and me kind of crapping on J.J. Abrams, like I, I can say all that. <laughs> but the the reality, too, is that just because I don't like something, obviously, like, who am I? I'm not the definitive source. And I, I recently went through with my kids. I've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and I went through and we watched all the Star Wars movies and anything that wasn't animated. So yeah. all the live-action shows. And um, so my my eight-year-old daughter, she's 100% caught up on everything. And I told her the other day, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi's coming out on Friday. She's so excited. Aww. And to her, she absolutely she loves, loves Ray. Right. Ray is her favorite character, yeah. right? And so, like, on the one hand, I can look at these new movies and be like, eh, man, not my Star Wars, but that is her Star Wars. Like, that's Ray is point. her character, and that's who she's going to grow up idolizing. And sure. maybe one day she'll be in her 30s and look back and be like, that wasn't very good, like I feel about the prequels now. <laughs> but but that's at the same time, it's like, I, mean, my, yeah. I have a seven-year-old and a three and a half, I have a seven-and-a-half-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old, and... My son, just like me, was born the same year that one of the you know the first Star Wars movie in a franchise came out in 2015, and so, you know, that's the Star Wars he grew up. He's growing yeah. up with, you know, and like he, you know, I saw I saw the last one in the theater with him, and I hated it. Like, <laughs> hated it. Like I was like. I said this, and I still say this is the worst movie I've seen in the last ten years. Oh my gosh! Worst I am movie controversial because I loved years. that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I read Raylo fanfic, so that's probably why. It, you know, he was just like super <laughs> yeah. into it, and I yeah. was just like, you know, you go, man, you're having a good time. Yeah, no shit in his cereal, like yeah, <laughs> like that's his what he's growing up with. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thing, man, and it's yeah. whatever. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I. Everybody's got an opinion. That's yeah. okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, totally. They're all, you know, JJ Abrams is laughing at us all right now from his gold <laughs> yeah, exactly. He absolutely <laughs> listens <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't. Are you guys Whatever. Marvel fans? Are you caught up in all the movies and shows? As in Marvel, Marvel comics or? <laughs> Ooh, all well, of the above. Like yeah, either or. Like the... Stan Lee here. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Like so I, I am the comic I am the comic book guy between yeah. the two of us. I, I'm I, late to comic books. Yeah, I love com- <laughs> I've loved comics. I have comics in my collection, and my comics collection is not like a pristine. I have to have them graded. Yeah, you know, same. <laughs> I buy comics so I can read them. Yeah, they're and well loved. Having said that, I mean, you get ones that are in decent shape. You know? Sure, I'm not going to get ones that are ripped up, but I, I, I have always come from comics and. I'm mostly a Marvel guy. Marvel was my comic, you know, 
company growing up. And I have a love hate relationship with the Marvel universe. There's, there's certainly high points of the MCU. There's a bunch of silliness in the MCU (laughs) and the writing has gone far downhill in the MCU. Like I always, I, I have this dream sometimes where instead of Stan Lee's sort of the way he put things together. Market driven. You can say capitalist. Right. His, his, (laughs) his market driven, his market driven way he ran Marvel comics. If it was not based on Stan Lee and based on Jack Kirby, I would be a lot happier. Mm. Get that. Jack Kirby invented everything already. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly doesn't get the um, uh, pop culture recognition, I guess, that Stan Lee has gotten over the years, especially with the right. cameos and such. Not taking away from Stan. Oh, for sure. He did what he did. So what is one thing right now, pop culture related, that you would recommend to someone to either go watch or uh, listen to? Could be TV, movie, North, music. Northman was pretty good. Ooh, my husband did like that. He uh, he he went to go watch it by himself and describe the entire plot to me when I came home. <laughs> well, I sat there, great, babe. Sounds great. Yeah. I, I really love Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I think... Oh, yeah, that is good. I, I, I find myself... All right, so Star Trek Strange New Worlds gets released every Thursday, right? And I don't wait... That is my breakfast every <laughs> Thursday morning. Nice. And I find myself cheering for them <laughs> because the, the, the Federation and Starfleet, they're the best trained humans ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they all have master's degrees and they all have to go through astronaut training and combat training. <laughs> I mean, same. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> and they all have these hobbies. You I, know? Relate. Yeah. I, relate. All Just... I mean, yeah, I know, I'm describing, you know, you essentially, but you know. <laughs> nice, right? <laughs> awesome, very nice. Uh, that is a good show, though. You got you started told me to watch it, and I watched it. It was really cool. Yeah, much better than Picard. Nice, uh, Shauna. What are Picard. you watching now? I feel like we haven't checked in with each other. Like, I, I need more Rex. Give me more Rex, you guys. Oh gosh, what am I even watching right now? I've been watching reality TV. I've just been like feeding my <laughs> mind with just trash. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> Not, re- recommend some trash, please. Um, 90 Day Fiance. Um, just like watching that. Just people like think whether or not their relationships work. Um, and then also uh, Below Deck. There's two different kinds. It's just like... Just, oh, is this no. just like people having sex on a boat? <laughs> Pretty oh, much. Man. Like they really, what? really want to. Below Deck? Below Deck. No. Below deck. no. And there's like different, oh, like there's, like, different oh, types too. There's the, an Australian one called Down Under. And then there's oh, another oh, one called... Uh, what is it got? Sailboat? That's a lot of innuendo in these titles. <laughs> What's the sail one called? I think it's called sailing. Nice. Below deck sailing. Okay. Yeah, I've been I've been <laughs> giving that to my brother. I remember what I was watching. Okay, go. My my mind went blank. So I started a show called The G Word and it's with Adam Conover. I'm not sure I'm Conover, saying that. Right. Yeah, so from, from Adam Runs Everything. Yeah. And it's basically a mini series. I think Obama helps produce it or direct it in some way because he definitely is in the first episode with him. But it's Adam breaking down the government. Okay. And every episode is a different facet of the government, but in a 
educational slash humorous way. So kind of like John Oliver does where you watch it and you learn a lot. And I mean, like Adam does with his, you know, Adam runs everything. But the first episode was about um, the USDA and big food and stuff. So So Shauna's on the education train and Alex is on the garbage. Uh, I'm getting educated, (laughs) you know, show social skills and whatever. I like it. (laughs) It's good. You know, know balance is important. You know what I mean? A little bit of sci-fi, a little bit of reality trash, a little bit of educational programming. That's that's my thing right now. That's the beauty yeah. of streaming. It's like you know, whatever you want, stuff. it's out there. I'm really just waiting for Stranger Things to come yeah. back next week. I, I, I feel like I have so many shows that I have one episode left of or like a couple of. Like I still haven't finished Witcher season two or the first part of Ozark from the final oh, season. Man. Like I just watched it last night, but I still like I'm like halfway I through that yeah. the ensemble e- of love, Ozark. Love, yes. Oh, it's so you good. could get weird and do raised by wolves. There you yeah, go. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, man, I just I love Ruth Langmore so much. Yeah, she's just, my favorite. What have you been watching, Haley? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in a show hole right now because I'm I'm just waiting for Obi Wan and right? things. But I did finally get to the theater to see the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh, I want to see that. And it is like uh, one part absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> but the but you know whatever two thirds incredible. Like it it is exactly what I wanted in a movie. It is yeah. it is stupid. It is hilarious. It is surprisingly heartfelt. There's Nick Cage um, and Pedro Pascal There's Nick romance. Cage making out with Nick Cage. Just Whoa. say, yeah, that happens in the movie. Um, I mean, I would make out with myself if I got the chance. I'll yeah. Completely um, no, Pedro Pascal is the best part of the movie. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. So the theater I was in, it was real small, but it was still pretty packed. Yeah. And when it ended, people were clapping. I was like, <laughs> these are my people. You I guys just love Nick Cage I so much. I love it when people stand up and cheer at the end of the movie. I just love that they cheer I for a movie that's like been it. out for like a month that's like real yeah. small on like a random Tuesday night. You know what I mean? But you know those cranky people are like, don't clap. They can't hear you. I'm like, I don't care. I'm clapping for me. I enjoyed it. Like it makes me happy to clap. Clapping for the personal enjoyment that I felt. Yeah. And then I watched the Rescue Rangers Oh, I did watch that. I watched the Rescue Rangers movie too. Which was like, uh, it it has gotten so much hate online. I enjoyed it. I thought it was just fun. I mean, like, I think think it's getting hate from people potentially kind of our age that are like, I wanted... Who framed Roger Rabbit again? Exactly as good. <laughs> and, you know, exactly whatever. And I'm like, mm, again, though, watching it with my eight-year-old and my five-year-old, like, eh, you need to temper your expectations it a little bit. It was goofy, and I could see that kids would like it, but also nuanced enough for adults. Like, yeah. I giggled when... um Dale had his earbuds in and they were way too big for his head. <laughs> and then he took them off and he was listening to death metal just casually, yeah. like just little weird things like that. Yeah. Then there were a lot of really good, like little random throwbacks. cameos. Like yeah. Ugly Sonic was super funny. Um, yeah. I think you guys would like that actually. It's a lot of like 80s and 90s cartoon throwbacks too. Yeah. So lots of um, like. Tigra is there next to yeah. him. I, I don't know. It's the Coca Cola bear is like a main character. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Like the panda? Like the, like the white, white yeah, oh, yeah, like the yeah, white yeah, bear. The polar bear. Polar bear. Yeah, that's what you said. I fat called Peter him a panda Pan. Science. Yeah, fat old Peter Pan, which disturbed my kids, by the way. They were just like, why is Peter Pan so gross? <laughs> Sometimes as we get older, <laughs> we consume various substances and, and they, grow hair. They were very, my daughter was very concerned because, you know, the premise is oh. that they get rebooted. And so they get redrawn in this ugly format and go oh, yeah. on these like 
straight to DVD knockoffs <laughs> of their original movies. So Bootlegs. Flounder gets shipped off, you know, to he gets bootleg. He gets bootleg to be part of instead of the Little Mermaid. It's like the small, the tiny the fish small girl. fish woman or something. <laughs> or something. And my daughter was so she got so sad, like oh, real no. quickly. She's like, I don't want that to happen to Flounder, Mom. What's happening? I go, Honey. It's not real. <laughs> Flounder's Rescue dead Rangers, now, sweetie. Not real, babe. I can't hear not you. Not real. She was I'll, very, very. I different. might do a knockoff of the dragons of Melgore and call it the lizards of Melgore. Would you guys be opposed <laughs> to that, <laughs> Stephen Turner? The, the large lizards of Melgore. <laughs> the oh, lizards God. of Kolob. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you've made it once you start getting bootlegged. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> once you go to Walmart and see those straight the five dollar bin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shoot, that's us. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, man. Make well, a comic book. There you go. I could totally see Dragons of Melgore as a comic book, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Have you guys envisioned that? Like as a comic strip? It it will be a comic book. We've we've put together a sort of a ten page mini comic that we're hoping to pass out at uh more cons just to get more nice. visibility. And you know, it's gonna it, it's gonna eventually get into a place where we're gonna sell it. Nice merchandising you know it's yeah, like anything yes. that we can do with it uh comic books novels it, it, turner always coloring loves coloring books coloring figures, books action figures action figures towels jammies right cereal cereal I remember, like, it, even in that um, pitch that you guys had at Los Angeles Com- Comic-Con, there was, like, commercials for action figures, and they looked so legit that I was like, do they have them? <laughs> like, can I have one no, of these that's, drafts? That, like, yeah, that's, that's my son. I just shot him on my iPhone. And, like, <laughs> that's awesome. He made those figures. We oh, ordered, God. like, I, I, bought a, I bought a 25-pound yeah. bag of random ass action figures off of ebay (laughs) and just started kit bashing stuff together i wanted one i was like well i'm sold shut up and take my money let's go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well i think that just about wraps us up here at pop culture junkie podcast thank you guys so much for joining us again it's steve romanko and turner van wren from 13th Generation Productions. They are producing The Dragons of Melgor. Um, tell the people where they can find you on social media and online, you guys. Uh, you know, you can just Google Dragons of Melgor. People can do that. That's the easiest thing. You'll find us all over the place. Um, thanks for having us. And and we're, you know, we're happy to talk anytime nice. about anything. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was a yeah, lot of fun. Come back again, you guys. This was great. Absolutely. We're always down to talk. You know, talk Nerd shit stuff. about yeah. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was surprisingly easy. I didn't expect that. <laughs> Next time we'll bring Joss Whedon in. It'll be even easier. Right? This is going to be great. <laughs> um, Haley, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at 30 Nerdy Thriving. And I'm Alex at A-L-C-A-S-N-U-N on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, Shauna Trinidad, at Shauna Trinidad on Instagram and Twitter, S-H-A-U-N-A-T-R-I-N-I-D-A-D. Please follow us on Facebook at Pop Culture Junkie Podcast. Check out our website at popculturejunkie.com. On Twitter, we are at Pop Junkies. And Instagram, we are at 
pop.culturejunkies. We will be at Phoenix Fan Fusion in downtown Phoenix, Arizona. Check us out Friday at 1.30 p.m., Saturday at 6 p.m. You can get more information on our Facebook page. Again, that was Pop Culture Junkie Podcast. And please like, download, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your grandma, wear a t-shirt, get a tattoo, all that good stuff. And come back next week for another hit of pop culture. Pop Culture Junkie is a production of Pop Culture Entertainment Group. So entertain me, entertain me right now. I need it there, I need it there.